In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, my God, Amen. Let us say glory also to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit now and forever and ever, Amen. We are very joyful this Sunday. It's the first day after, after first Sunday after receiving the occupancy permit for the church. So hopefully, in a few weeks, we'll be able to pray in the church after installing the iconostasis. So we thank you very much for your patience with us, for your patience with us in the parking area and here as well. And today, again, the Holy Spirit is always arranging the readings to suit our needs. So we have today the Gospel of St. Matthew, and it's nearly the same, Matthew chapter 12, the same Gospel in Mark chapter 3. Exactly in, four, in eight weeks, we'll hear the same Gospel, but from Mark chapter 3, which is emphasizing on the meaning and understanding of the power of the unity of the Church. Let me start with you with the words of Father Dretheus. He's telling us, if you would like to be victorious in this life, if you would like to see that even the demons are under your feet, as we heard today in the Gospel, humility saves us from all the tricks of the enemy. He's encouraging me and you this morning to have this heart of humility. There's nothing stronger than humility in this life. So last Sunday we celebrated the Feast of the Pentecost, and in the book of Acts, 11 times, the book of Acts were telling us the whole church was with one accord. And here what we heard in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord. In the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This is a sign of the through church, the oneness of heart and the unity of mind. And now, today the reading was telling us there is a challenge. Are you standing in such unity or you are outside of this unity? If you imagine the Lord was casting out a demon from, from a man who was blind, mute, and he was in a, such destruction for a long time. And people started to argue. Is he from God or not? And as we know, and the Jewish tradition keep it for us as well, that in the whole Old Testament, we never heard of anyone who was casting out demons. That's why the Lord was telling them, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So again, he is telling us, are you able to see the reality or you are insisting in your own illusions? The Pharisees were amazed at the time and said, definitely this man not from God. Why? We are going to lose our positions, are going to lose our authority because he is able to do something, we are not able to do it. And he's asking us today, are you able to stand in the unity of this powerful work of God? That's why even in the end, the Lord was telling him, then you are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? It has two meanings in the church understanding. One of them, according to the miracle itself, the Lord was telling them, if you see the work of God and you say this is the work of Satan, you are blaspheming against the, the Holy Spirit. And that's why he said there is no way for forgiveness unless you repent. If you insist to the last breath that you are seeing the work of the Lord and you are saying it's the work of the devil, there is something very serious. He said there is no forgiveness of the sin. The other interpretation of the church, when we see it 
when we resist the whole work of Christ, when we insist to reject Christ to the last breath, we are in the same position. We have no forgiveness of this sin. It's a time of encouragement to start to repent once more. Even if I have seen the work of God and I said it's from the devil, it's my opportunity and your opportunity to repent once more and to give glory to God because God is going doing this, such miraculous work. That's why in Matthew today we heard, but Jesus knew their thoughts. Yes, maybe no one sees what you are doing, but the Lord knows your thoughts and my thoughts. And said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to the, to the desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And here I can think of myself. Why my family is broken? Why my community is broken? It's telling me you and me. We have a part to play in it. Yes, they have seen the Lord doing great miracles. The Pharisees and the scribes were against him saying, by Beelzebub he is casting out demons. He's asking you and me, where are you going to stand? With the Lord to enjoy the power and the authority over the enemy? Or you are telling him, if you are here, why are you allowing this division? Christ give us the free will, not to choose division, but to choose life. So if you are in this position this morning and you are asking yourself, why God allowing this division in my family, in my workplace, in my church, God give us the free will to choose to be in the right direction. It's your turn today to choose the right direction. The division happened because someone was jealous. Someone was afraid of his position, like those Pharisees. said, if we leave him, everybody will follow him. He's telling me, and you know, it's time to ask for forgiveness, to ask for a new heart of repentance. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? You can see here the beauty of the instructions of our Lord. He's telling us, be careful. The devil is not divided. And because of this only one thing, his kingdom is not destroyed. He's still standing. And because he knew it, he's trying to divide our homes, our families, our churches, our communities, even our countries. Why? Because he knew it's the beginning of the destruction. He's asking us to stand all firmly against any division starting from our home, starting even from my heart. Sometimes my heart is divided. Part of it belongs to the Lord and the other part I have to do whatever I want. He's telling you, you will never stand in the kingdom of God. You are losing it from the beginning. Then, St. Paul was telling us, be careful. You are a churchgoer, and I'm a churchgoer. But sometimes you are a churchgoer, but you are living as a carnal man. Hear what he says. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as a carnal, as to babes in Christ. Why? We are church. The church in Corinthians were one of the biggest churches at the time that St. Paul instituted. I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. Why? Why? I cannot accept the fullness of your message. And even now you are still not able and here is the reason. For you are still carnal. What are these signs of this carnal man? For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, 
Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He's telling me again. It's time to see that all of us belongs to one king, the king of kings, our Lord Jesus Christ. If you see this division in your heart, he's telling you and me, you are carnal. It's time to repent. It's time to put everything aside and to follow the one king, our Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, my small kingdom, my house, my family, my church is not able to stand. But he came to strengthen this unity of the family. That's why if the pride is the key issue for it, the pride of the scribes and the Pharisees at that time was the key issue, we cannot accept this man. He is doing something we cannot do. He is gathering, leaving out him, and people are repenting. People can see that even demons is able to cast them out. That's why St. Augustine is encouraging us. If through pride we were wounded, through humility we would be cured. God came in humility to cure man from the dangerous wound of pride. It's in me and in you. It's time in the letters to believe that we are in the presence of the Holy Trinity. We are going to be commune, communing in the end with the Son of God was able to cleanse our sins, was able to change our minds and our attitudes. And finally, St. Paul is telling us, this is my prayer for you all. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. What is this like-minded? Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Does it mean that we all will be behaving the same? No. But we are all having the same heart of oneness. We are different members of the body. And this is the richness of the body. Each one has his own role in the body. And he's telling us, be like-minded. The whole early church was behaving and moving with one accord. It has St. Peter was very bold and doing things out of his heart immediately. It has St. Paul who was determined to save whoever he is going to meet. It has the beloved St. John. But all of them has one accord. We are following the one king and being like-minded. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Again, he is telling us it's humility. When we humble ourselves, we want to elevate each other, not vice versa. Finally, let me share with you the words of St. Isaac the Syrian. It doesn't matter how many times you are seeking divisions. How many times you were lived as a carnal person? There is a, an opportunity at all times to repent. Repentance is the door of mercy open to those who seek it. Let us all seek it in this coming minutes in the liturgy to pray and to go out of the liturgy with a new heart and a new mind. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen. Blessed are they.